You're listening to Marriage Minute with Pastors Richard and Donna Spears, impacting marriages that leave a lasting legacy. Well, good afternoon or good day, everyone. Or morning or wherever you're listening from. <laughs> exactly. We are just <laughs> thankful that you're tuning in and listening to us here, Pastors Richard and Donna. Yeah. With Marriage Minute, your podcast for this Thank week. Thank you for connecting with us on our podcast. Yeah. It's just another way that we can get content out to you that's helpful to your marriage. And so we're just so thankful that you're listening in with us right now. And um, we got another great topic today. I think so. Last week, we talked about speaking to each other in healthy ways. Uh, I thought that was really good. And it's Mm -hmm. also a good reminder when we go through these uh, podcasts and we record and stuff for us because it's just a healthy reminder for us how to maintain our uh, gracefulness towards one another and gratitude Mm -hmm. and thankfulness towards one another. You know, sometimes for some of us out there, our our heads, we're a little bit stubborn, uh, stubborn minded. And um, or we just have trouble really receiving what we're hearing the first time. And mm-hmm. so, as Donna was mentioning, it's always good, even for us, to talk about these things to remind us of, you know, just the godly behaviors that That's right. the Bible tries to instill in us. And so, it certainly helps us. It reinforces the things that we pr- try to practice each and every day. Not that we're perfect by any means, but. Um, you know, we've had enough years of practice now, over 30, yeah. almost 30, well, yeah, 32 years of marriage now, um, five years of dating and, and courtship, if you will. That's an old term, an old <laughs> English term, but yeah. um, many years of, of practice. And yeah. so we're finally trying to get this thing right. In tune with one another, it seems like. Absolutely. So what so are we talking as, about this week? Yeah, as promised last week, we, we <clears throat> were talking to you about how to speak to each other in healthy ways, <clears throat> but we made a note last week to, to tell you, we do understand that there's going to be conflict. You're going to have arguments. You live together 24-7. You know, you are going to have conflict. There are going to be things you need to talk about. And so we wanted to bring today, uh, today and next week, we're going to talk about fighting fair in conflict. Right. And the one thing we want to <clears throat> highlight this week is what not to do. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, but you know, most of us were very poor at resolving conflict. Yeah, I, I was never really good oh, at gosh. it. I, I would, <laughs> I would avoid conflict like you know a plague mm-hmm. or you know a disease or a sickness. I just didn't want to deal with it yeah. at all. Yeah, and so I, I don't if know I saw... that. Yeah, I don't know that anybody really likes conflict, but some people are more apt to enter into it to find a resolution that that wasn't either one yeah, of us <laughs> yeah right right and you know depending on our personalities you know some of us avoid it because we're just afraid of being rejected or um you know some of us do it because you know we know that it might make us angry and we don't want to be angry towards someone so it's there's a lot of re- there's just a lot of yeah. reasons you know yeah. so what what are some of the whys you know for us you know having poor conflict resolution skills. So, well, some of that could be just bad habits. Mm-hmm. You know, what you see in your parents and how they handled conflict growing up, if you saw a lot of yelling. If they did. <laughs> if they did, if you saw a lot of yelling and screaming, or you just saw silence. Right. You didn't see your parents working through challenges in their own marriage. And so, you're repeating behavior mm-hmm. that you, you grew up in, the environment that you saw. Yeah, for me personally, um, I did not see my parents in conflict Um, But what I did see was a withdrawing. Mm -hmm. So my dad went super quiet for however long it took him to 
resolve it in his own mind, but that they never talked about it. Right. Um, so that was kind of what I adopted. You just do your thing, and if there's conflict, then it, it'll just fizzle out and go away if you ignore each other long enough. <laughs> exactly. But again, you're well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yep. So we're settling yep. a little bit. But, you know, yeah. there can be wrong beliefs about about peacemaking, yeah. you know. So have a false peace. We could have a false peace about it. Or you may see, you know, friends of yours, you know, growing up, you saw friends, uh, your parents, you saw them arguing or you'd hear your friend talk about their parents arguing and ultimately it ended in divorce. So Mm -hmm. you have this belief system maybe that formed that says, hey, you know, arguments based upon my friends or things that I see happening in the world or even your own parents, their, their marriage may have ended in divorce because all you saw them do was argue and then you say this, you make this belief system inside of you that says, well, these kind of arguments only lead to divorce. So mm-hmm. I don't want divorce right. in my I'm marriage. I'm do everything I can to avoid that. Right. So again, wrong belief systems can form as a result of what you've, what you've seen or experienced. And, you know, it could also be a lack of training and equipping in conflict resolution. Right. You don't even think that was a term I was even aware of or even Mm -hmm. that. I mean, all I knew is we were fighting and not talking to each other. You know, I didn't realize that conflict resolution was a thing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really addressed like we were saying in childhood. I never really saw it. I didn't experience it. And so you really a lot of what we take into our marriages has stemmed from what we experienced growing up. Uh, This is no different. Right. So, yeah. So what does the Bible say about peacemaking? What does the Bible say about in Matthew 5, 9? Well, Jesus spoke about, you know, peace a lot. He was going to leave us his peace. He's going to give us his peace. And so that's important. But there's an there's an acting out or there's an action to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. So... Peacemaking, if you if you talk about peacemakers, there's a peacemaking, which is a mm-hmm. verb, mm-hmm. which means there's an action to it. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to enter into a conflict or a discussion right. to bring something up in order for peacemaking to actually happen. True peace. True peace. Yes, because if, if you read that, one would think, okay, I need to do everything in my power to avoid conflict so I have this peace. But that's what we're talking about, false peace. You don't really have peace when you're not addressing the situation maturely and coming to a mutual uh, resolution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Jesus, he he is the true peacemaker. He is the true peacemaker. Absolutely. He came and brought peace um, into the world. That was one of his goals. Now, obviously, he brought some conflict, too. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, as Jesus is a true peacemaker, right? So what does that actually look like? True peacemakers love God, Mm -hmm. for sure. They love others, and they love themselves. And this is what Jesus represented to us when he was upon the earth. He loved God. Of course, Mm -hmm. he came from God. Uh, He was the Son of God. Mm -hmm. He was actually God in the flesh. So, you know, that, that word in the Bible... That describes him, you know, Emmanuel, which when, when translated from the original language means God with us. That's what that means. So here you have God. Uh, he loves he loves his father, uh, but he loves others and he loves himself uh, as well as a person. Now, he did all these things to disrupt false peace and to bring about resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was his goal. You know, he wasn't going to just settle for um, sweeping an issue under the rug, so to speak, 
and not dealing with it head mm-hmm. on. That's right. That's right. And that's why we want to take the example from the word. We live by the word. God's word is is his his truth in us to us in written form. And um, that's why we bring that to you and, and want to explain, you know, a true peacemaker doesn't mm-hmm. avoid conflict. So just an example. So Jesus walked into the temple one day and he saw uh, people who were handling money changing because people had to have the right kind of, you know, money, uh, the temple, the temple currency, whatever. So they'd have to have money changers there mm-hmm. in the temple, inside the temple. And he said, stop making my father's house a marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Because he had there was goats and animals for sacrifice mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. So he went in, he just flipped the tables. Mm-hmm. So now he could have come and say, oh, you guys really shouldn't do that. No, he actually... <laughs> You know, took the tables disrupted and disrupted the moment things. of the time. Now, that's not being a false peacemaker. That's trying to bring peace in a way that you would think, wow, that's kind of shocking. Jesus did that. Yes, he actually he did. Mm-hmm. Because yes, he, he wasn't did. settling. Because God's word says, do not make my father's house a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worship him. That's right. Not sell product, not sell goats, not sell birds for sacrifice in there, not change money out. Do that somewhere else, but don't do it in my Father's house. That's right, because Jesus only did what the Father said. And there were many times that Jesus, you know, as another example, there were many times that Jesus challenged the religious leaders. The religious leaders were very haughty and prideful, and they they knew the law, and everybody else was below them, mm-hmm. right? Right. And Jesus knew that. He knew their hearts. But he would address the he would address the religious leaders at that time. He called them whitewashed tombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they looked maybe nice on the outside, mm-hmm. but the problem was their hearts were, were right. bad. That's exactly. what Jesus was speaking about. So he said he called them whitewashed tombs. <laughs> you look good on the inside, but the or you look good on the outside, but your inside is just full of dead men's bones. Yep. And he called them a brood of vipers. Right. I mean, he just he cut to the chase. I mean, he. He spoke directly to the issues and, and their and behavior. He's not, he wasn't coming to them on his behalf, right? So he is honoring God. He's mm-hmm. honoring his father and what his father was asking him to do and what his father set up as what is honorable in, in the, the synagogues or in the marketplaces. And Absolutely. And when, you know, what he was disrupting was the religious system of that day. Exactly. 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 Right? Yeah, you can <laughs> say that. Easy for me to say. Yeah, you can say that 10 times. Um so he was disrupting the religious system of the day because that religious system under the Pharisees, under the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, it was just leading people to death mm-hmm. because ultimately he wanted to show people that he was the way, That's right. the only way, the That's truth, right. the life. And so that was important. Um, so peacemaking is not what yeah. at so this point? Peacemaking. So we, we gave you an example of what peacemaking is. And like we said, we're going to talk about what what not to do in this one when, mm-hmm. when you are in conflict with your spouse. But first and foremost, pe- peacemaking is not appeasing the other person. It's not appeasing your spouse. I'm not uh, in true peace. And I really, you could feel it in your spirit, man, mm-hmm. right? You know right. you're not in true, we're not in sync together and don't have peace. If, if I'm appeasing him and his behavior or he's be- appeasing me, it, it's not pacifying or... You know, saying, well, it's okay, don't worry about it. And then I just have to go off and deal with my own emotions. Mm-hmm. That's not peacemaking. Right. Um, or placating, you know, same thing. It's it's not preventing arguments. It's not preventing 
conflict and situation, the avoidance thing. It, it's not any of that. Right. Because avoiding conflict, it's really false peace. And it's speaking to the false peacemakers. Right. And so really what we're talking about is the attitude of the heart. You have to check your heart. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Um, we don't always jump on emotions around here. But if, if, if it's settling within you that you're you're not at peace with a situation with your spouse, then 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 you need to talk about it and address it. And we'll, we'll talk more next week about how to do that. Um, and, and uh, like I said this week about kind of things to, to avoid. Mm-hmm. So what we don't want to do, you know, is appease our spouse, even though that might be the easy way to go. Right. Um, we don't want to pacify ourselves or them because it, things are just going to fester. Right. And, and ultimately, it's going to come out in something like if I'm holding it in, holding it in, holding it in, and then all of a sudden you sit down in a chair the wrong way and I'm blowing my stack at you because of that you're like i just sat down in the chair but what you're getting is everything that i've been up. stuffing down mm-hmm. and all the buildup so yeah so what are some examples of dirty fighting well before we say that i want to just say this so when we go through this list of examples of dirty fighting and conflict or what not to do mm-hmm. you got to look at it from two perspectives one there one maybe one in the relationship that's more kind of dominant mm-hmm. kind of wears things on their sleeve mm-hmm. doesn't have more pro- outward more outward they don't have a problem really engaging with words right. about something that's bothering them right. but then you have another that might be more reserved more quiet um you know shy avoiding conflict so when you listen to these things not to do mm-hmm. you're going to you need to l- look at it from both perspectives yeah I may be the person that is doing this dirty, you know, tactic mm-hmm. when 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 we're fighting, right? Right. right. This mm-hmm. might be the tactic that I would use if I'm more passive, aggressive, if you will. Mm-hmm. So just kind of consider that as we talk yeah. about these things, because you have different personalities out there. Yeah. So what's the first one? So the first one is lecturing your spouse. Hmm. So what is that? I mean. Lecturing, you understand what that means, right? It's like one-sided. You keep talking. You go on and on and on. You never stop. You don't take a breath. You just are more concerned with getting out your side of the situation. That's it. It's really only about your perspective. You're Mm -hmm. not even willing to hear the other side Mm -hmm. because you're not seeking to understand at that point. Well, and unbeknownst to you, something that might be going on when you get into a lecturing mode is you know that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know that what you've done is wrong and what your spouse is bringing to you is valid, but you're not willing to look inside in, in, in your, into yourself to see it and, and to humble yourself and say, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Um, and sometimes that's so hard for someone, you know, for a, if you are and your spouse have a hard time admitting to each other that you're wrong and saying, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. Um, you can get into this lecture mode because you don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. Right. So you just, all you want to do is fill up the time and wear your spouse down to where they just kind of throw their hands up and they, they, give, up. they give up. And that's your goal and you won. Yeah, you won, but <laughs> you, you, won. Really did, you really didn't you win. You really didn't. You might, you might have thought you won, mm-hmm. but you're not really winning because you're not loving your spouse well no, when you're doing not that. not at all. The silent treatment is another yeah. dirty fighting uh, tactic, I would say. And I'm pretty comfortable doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be. Yeah, um, I used to be. I can catch it early now. I mean, that, I think that's kind of a knee-jerk reaction for you initially, but then you also catch yourself as well. But what that was doing to me 
um, was triggering me because yeah. like I had just shared a, a little while ago, my, my dad did the whole silent treatment. So what happens when Pastor Richard would, he, we, we were having a conflict and he just holds up and goes quiet on me. Um, that triggers me from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And then it is, it's just really bad from there because I just create stories in my mind mm -hmm. and, and it, you know, he doesn't love me. He, he wants a divorce. He wants, you know, just all of, mm -hmm. it just is a downhill spiral really quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so the silent treatment can trigger old wounds as it does in me. Right, right. The next one is shouting and yelling. Mm -hmm. Pretty obvious, right? So the one that is not having a problem with really voicing their opinion and sharing their side of things, if it's, it's in this yelling and and shouting tones mm -hmm. the person who's more timid they're just gonna they're gonna oh, yeah. be, they're just gonna go silent they're just gonna mm -hmm. listen to it they're gonna take it because they really don't want to enter in at that point because mm -hmm. you know they're, they're, it's I not I, I hope I'm not speaking to a lot of people out there that are dealing with physical violence right. in your marriage right and if that is happening I pray that you would stop that that is not the way to resolve mm -hmm. an issue in your in your marriage mm -hmm. um, and so if you really want to love your spouse well, you have to bring it down. Yeah. You have you, shouting and yelling is not the approach to take. Approach. It's not healthy. Never. It's not once. a healthy way to communicate. No. And so no. all you're going to do is shut your other part, your your, your spouse down, and they're not going to be able to really communicate from their heart where they are on this particular issue you Absolutely. guys are working trying to work through. Another dirty fighting tactic is lying. Um, you may not understand what we mean by that, so I will help you understand it. If I am embellishing what the issue is. I'm adding to it, you know, to make my spouse uh, be the one to blame. Let's just say, well, mm -hmm. if you, well, you did this or you said that, um, that might be a, a lying, you know, look like you're just lying to get the, either the, the onus off of you and onto mm -hmm. your spouse when you truly know that it, you're the one that was at fault and, or, I'm going to lie if, if you're coming to me and you're upset for something I did. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lie to try to make things better, right? To try to make it not so harsh, make me not look so bad. So I am lying to, let's just say, get out of trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, another one is anger and rage. So that's kind of similar to the shouting and yelling. So the, the whole point of that yep. is, is that if you're dealing with a person who's more passive, um, you're just going to shut them down yep. you, because they're going to appease you. They don't want to hear the, the anger and the rage and the emotion of that. Yep. Um, just coming through, we've got quite a few, so I'm going to go down a couple here. Don't use statements like you always or you never. Um, right. Those hardly ever are true. There, right. There's never a way, you know, I can't say you've never done that or right. you always do this. So avoid that. Yeah. And avoid sarcasm because... Right. You know, sarcasm is a real dirty fighting tactic, especially if you're good with words. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, mocking, humiliating, making your spouse feel foolish only shuts them down. And yeah. it is a dirty fighting tactic when when you're in conflict. Yeah. And the next couple are denying. So let's just say your, your spouse is identifying a behavior in you that is not healthy. And if you just simply deny the, beha the behavior that you're, you're doing... It's basically a, just a dirty fighting ta mm -hmm. tactic. You know and that you're, you're lying, and you're lying. So <laughs> you, you know you're doing it, and so all you're doing is furthering the issue and angering your spouse, and you're disappointing your spouse because yeah. you're you're just not willing to address that. Yeah. Complaining is another one. Yeah. So don't do this. 
do this. You're not doing this right. And so this constant complaining and negativity, it wears your spouse down. They finally just say, I'm just done with this conversation because no one wants to hear Mm -hmm. my side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the constant complaining just never uh, is going to to allow a a fair fight, if you will, and a sharing of both sides. Yeah, another dirty fighting tactic is being condescending. Uh, I can see this coming out in the lecturing spouse, you know, or mm-hmm. in the shouting and yelling because all of some of this all just kind of flows together. You know, I'm superior than you are. You're you're always wrong. I'm right. Yeah. Which comes into falls into the blaming and attacking. You yeah. know, you're pointing the finger. I'm this way because of what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're never wanting to look at yourself. It's almost like narcissistic behavior. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of these as well. Yeah, when you're yeah, blaming sure. and attacking, you're you're basically not take. It's always somebody else's problem. You're never the problem, and that's so right. so that's what that's what blaming and attacking looks like. And then walking away basically is now walking away can be a good thing, mm-hmm. um, especially if you've had conversation on the front and say, look, I just need time to process my emotions or cool down mm-hmm. and not respond to you in anger Mm -hmm. so walking away can be a good thing but if you just if your tactic is just to walk away to shut your spouse down and to ignore them then the motivation and the heart issue is not right there absolutely so you have to kind of consider that you're not really valuing your spouse when you when you walk away unless you've had conversation in the front i just need some time i just need some time to process and that's really okay that's absolutely correct so the difference in successful and unsuccessful conflict conflict resolution what have we always, everything boils down to this. Starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. We need to get t-shirts made. It we do. It starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. Uh, marriage Minute starts with the heart t-shirt. Because yeah. your heart attitude is going to drive mm-hmm. uh, how you respond, number one, to this teaching. Yeah. Um, and how you respond to your spouse in conflict. Right. You know, if your heart attitude, and we'll go into that more next week, um, is that of Jesus? Is that of love, compassion, seeking to understand? Then, then your conflict resolution is going to flow pretty well. Right. Uh, you know, you got to want better. You you got to want to the, have the desire for mm-hmm. to better your marriage. Right. Absolutely. That's so important. Desire better for your marriage. If you have a desire for your marriage to be better, and you and you're not just going to stay in the status quo. That's right. And believe that this is all there can ever be. It's never going to be any better than this. Right then you're not going to see any better in your marriage. So that desire is a a key thing. And then lastly, just the whole thing that really our heart is about Marriage Minute and this ministry is, you know, leaving a lasting legacy that you can be proud of, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about legacy. You're breaking the cycle of behaviors that may have happened in your own childhood and what you saw with your own parents. Um, And you're saying, look, I don't want that for my family going forward. I don't want that for my children and the generations after me. And so I'm going to break this cycle with my spouse because we're going to show our children how to actually handle conflict in the right way. That's right. Amen Not not from all these dirty fighting tactics that we may use. And so we've got some homework for you guys to consider um, from from this podcast this week that we want you to think about. So one of those things is, what did you see growing up? You know, take a journal, take a take a, a notebook, and just sit down and just consider. Think back over your life and what you experienced, and what did you see growing up. Uh, and and it's important because when we look back, that really allows us to go forward. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of like maybe, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like a contradiction, counterproductive, counterproductive <laughs> a contradiction, like, okay, I'm looking back to go for, but it actually it's, it's true, it's right? When we helpful. look back in our history, in our life, that's when we're not going to repeat the same behaviors over and over that's again, right. right? Right. And so that's the key, one of the keys. Yeah. So how did you handle conflict in your life? Question number two for yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you handle conflict growing up after what you saw and, uh, exemplified in your family and your childhood? And how do you handle conflict now? Mm-hmm. So that's going to cue you into, um, do you fight dirty or do you fight fair? And if you really want to be vulnerable, the last question yeah. uh, for the homework we would ask you to, to, to do and to consider this week is ask your spouse their opinion. Mm-hmm. How do they see it? That's a tough one. Ask your spouse their opinion on how you handle conflict. Amen. Put that old humble hat on. Yeah. Gosh, it, it just goes so far. Yeah, I love you, that. If you will just humble yourself and allow your spouse to speak to you. And again, with the right heart attitude, not mm-hmm. to, not intended to hurt, but okay. to say, look, we want to change our life. and We want to change our trajectory going yes. forward Amen. in our marriage for generations. Yep. So now when the when your spouse is starting to speak about how you handle conflict both ways, husband to wife, wife to husband, now you can get some revelation about how you handle that and some of these dirty fighting te- tactics right. that have been going on. That's right. And now you can actually start to work on it That's together. Right. Allow God in there into your marriage your motiv- to make... And your motivation's right All at right. the end of the day. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, we are finished with our dirty fighting list. Yes. Um, I know we ran through it kind of quickly so go back and listen to this podcast and write it down and and really look at that list and see if do i really do this or do i not do this ask my spouse Mm -hmm. ask your spouse you know be vulnerable with with one another yeah so check us out next week we're going to come at you with fighting fair and conflict part two but we're going to give you the tools to actually fight fair and conflict Fight fair, fight clean. Fight clean. All right. Thanks. God bless you God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Catch all of our podcasts at RevivalNow.com and send us your Marriage Minute questions at MarriageMinute at RevivalNow.com.